0: This is Bigger Questions, with your host, Robert Martin. Welcome to Bigger Questions, recorded live in the city of Melbourne. Today's big Question, comedy. Should I laugh or should I cry? We asked this question today to Dr Sam Chan. Sam is a preacher, author, cultural analyst and medical doctor... He works as National Communicator with City Bible Forum and he joins me now, please welcome Dr Sam Chan. Thanks. Thanks Sam, welcome to Bigger Questions, it's great Thank that you. you can join us here today. Now Sam, today we're talking about comedy.
1: Right. So do you like comedy? I love comedy. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Well, I just, this will really show my age. I actually work as a doctor and I'm actually realising how old I am because whenever we operate on a patient, we do a timeout where we check their name and their date of birth, make sure we have the right person they're operating on because they're asleep, they can't tell us. And i found (laughs) more and more their birthday is younger than my birthday. So now more than half the patients are younger than me. And sometimes we operate on... Adults who were born in the 2000s. I think how is that even possible that someone is born in 2001 and they can be consenting adult? Wow. So I'm feeling really, really old. But all that to say, I grew up in an era where you'd have dinner and there would be a TV set. And so family dinner would be around TV and around 6 and 7pm would be comedies, always MASH, F Troop, Gilligan's Island, yeah. stuff like that. So what have you been watching lately then? Oh, my wife and I, we love Netflix. We're trying to get our kids to sleep as soon as we can, just so we can hit Netflix. We're doing Brooklyn Nine-Nine right now. Also, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Jane the Virgin. Comedies again. Right, yeah, and you enjoy a good laugh. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, very good. Well, to kick off bigger questions, we do like to ask a couple of smaller questions. We do try to have a bit of fun on the show. Today we're asking Sam Chan about comedy TV shows. So, Sam, I thought we'd test you on how much you know about popular Comedy TV shows. Oh, right. Now, do you feel qualified?
1: Never, never. I always know somehow you find you have a quirkiness, Rob. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that that yeah. makes it
0: very hard to penetrate. Does that, does that make you want to laugh or do it make you want to cry? Cry. Right. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Okay. Well, there's two questions. Both Rob, right. choice. Okay. Question one: According to Ranker.com, a website which claims to be the definitive ranking site based on the wisdom of the crowd, what is the funniest TV show of all time? Wow. Okay. Is it A, The Office? Is it B, The Simpsons? Is it C, Australia's Funniest Home Videos, or is it D, A Current Affair? (laughs) So which of those is the funniest TV show of all time according to Ranker.com?
1: Definitely not A Current Affair. I hate watching A Current <laughs> Affair. <laughs> okay. Definitely not The Office. I didn't get The Office. Like, yep. like all my friends watching it and saying it's brilliant. I, I did not get it. And we might talk about this later. I, I did not like Australia's Funniest Home Videos. I found that not funny at all. Yeah. So, I'm going to go out on a limb, The Simpsons. Well, it's a good limb to go
0: out on because it's the right answer. So, congratulations, Sam. So, what would you then put as number one? What would be your favourite TV comedy show of all time?
1: Oh, you know, again, I'm showing my age, I'm going to lose three quarters of your audience. <laughs> I enjoyed cheers, cheers from away away. It used to be my end of day ritual. I used to go for a jog, have dinner, study hard. I was doing some postgraduate medical exams at the time, studying for about three hours. Then at 10 o'clock at night, I'll put on cheers and also pretend I was in the bar and have a beer with them at the time. Well, yeah, it, it cheered you up. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah,
0: very good. Okay. Question two, how many years did the show Australia's Funniest Home Videos run on Australian TV? Oh, way okay. too long. Uh, one well, year well, was too many. Well, just, uh, <laughs> so, so the answers are A, All right. too many. Yeah. B, one, it was a one says and wonder. Yep. C, 14, a great success for many years,
1: or D, 25,
0: Whoa. one of Australia's longest running comedy Quarter TV of a shows. Century.
1: Well, oh, gee, gee, gee. I, I remember being so cynical. What made Australia's funniest home video work was TV stations had to produce X amount of hours of local produced content, and it was your cheapest way of producing local content, get people to send their videos in. <laughs> so it made everyone happy. Oh, I'm going to say it was maybe 14 years. 14? 14. Well, it's actually it goes a bit longer than that. Whoa. The correct answer is actually
0: D. It was 25 years. 25
1: years. 20, yeah, 25
0: seasons of Australia's funniest home videos. It was Whoa. one of Australia's We are a
1: nation with no soul, <laughs> no culture. Like, well, that is an indictment of Australian <laughs> culture. We prob- but we probably got it from the Americans. They probably right. came up I with think it first. I think it was America's home videos <laughs> yeah. as well. That's yeah. right. Anyway, well, Sam, you're laughing because you passed. You got oh, one of the two smaller questions right. So a big round of applause for Sam. Uh, 50%. And as I mentioned last week, that is what I got in medicine. And they even put it on your transcript, 50%, pass, medicine.
0: As they say, what do they call a doctor who got 50%? Doctor.
1: That's right. That's all you need. (laughs) So You just got to worry which half of the body he knows. Just put a secret out there, no doctor knows the anatomy of the foot because that's the last part of the body we study, head, heart, lungs. And we always know there's only going to be one question of the foot, so don't (laughs) worry about that. All the money's in the heart and lungs, so none of us... (laughs) I remember when a bone fell out of foot while we were operating on it. We could not work out what bone it was. We had to get the nurse to Google it before we know where where to put it back in. Did you laugh or cry? (laughs) I thought that was funny. I thought that was hilarious. Even more so because it happened at two in the morning.
0: (laughs) Well, Sam, does it surprise you then? About Australia's Funniest Home Videos, did it surprise you that it's been
1: one of Australia's longest-running TV comedy series? Uh, I guess it surprised me because I never found it funny. Like, I, I thought... Often the videos were of little children, so I thought, that is so cruel, that is not funny. And there's a little child on a birthday with candles and something goes wrong, they trip over, they fall over, and then they've got to put that stupid sound effect in the background. <laughs> and, and the canned audience laughter. I thought that was the worst of everything. Yeah. So why do you think it was so popular then? There, There is a fine, fine, fine line between comedy and tragedy. Yeah. Uh, a, a child falling over is tragedy, but somehow it's hilarious as well yeah and it's very similar typing in fail on YouTube now that's yeah equivalent. that's right
0: well I think one of the reasons for the demise of Australia's funniest time videos is uh, the rise of the internet and, yeah. y- and YouTube and popular fail websites like say epic fail or fail army in fact fail army YouTube videos have combined views of over 4.6 billion Wow. so why do you think we like laughing at the misfortunes of others
1: you got me there because every day I'm actually on I'm typing fail on YouTube to see what comes up yeah. and I like typing typing in show off fail because yeah. there seems to be this karmic justice in the universe when a, especially a rich person with an expensive car wants to show off and they, they crash their car. I think that's the enjoyment, the karmic justice. But you're right because I remember when my oldest son was only little and I showed him fail videos on YouTube. He cried. He was very distressed. Uh, he, he, in empathy, he felt for these people. Mm. He didn't think it was funny at all. Yeah, so there was... Obviously a fine line between
0: tragedy and comedy at that yeah. particular point so you thought it was hilarious yeah and you t- what did you tell you, your son you just tell him
1: to <laughs> think, lighten up come on <laughs> That's come right. on did well, that hurt it made me like examine my own soul like why am i watching this and laughing at the misfortunes of others yeah so what then makes something funny i think it's tragedy when it happens to someone else but it's funny when it happens to you and i do a lot of public speaking and i used to go on sites like Darwin Awards to read about the tragedies and misfortunes of people doing silly things. And I used to use those stories to get a laugh from the audience. And people look at me horrified, like, that's not funny. That's tragic. Mm. But then I found if I told a story about me tripping over and falling on my face, oh, everyone laughed. Like, that's what it is. It, when I'm the bozo doing something stupid, that's funny. Mm. When someone else has misfortune, that's tragedy. That's not funny. And we're just being cruel.
0: Yeah, although author Aaron Alston said about the difference between tragedy and comedy, he said, tragedy is something awful happening to somebody else, while comedy is something awful happening to somebody else. <laughs> that's right. Again, so could you call Australia's Funniest Home Video Uh, Maybe Australia's most tragic
1: home videos. It could be. But again, it's a fine, fine, fine line and it's not easy to get right. Yeah. What about you? Do your kids find you funny? Uh, They find me. Daggy. Like, (laughs) dad, daggy. So funny, but an embarrassment at the same time. Right. So this is what I suppose they call it dad jokes. Is that your. Do you do dad jokes? I don't do dad jokes, but. Just fortuitously, last night my boys were going around the dinner table sharing jokes that they had made up. Yep. So my little boy, Jonty, he said, where can you find banks? And this is a very Sydney-specific joke. I said, Jonty, I don't know. Where will I find banks? He said, Bankstown. down, dum bum And they said, he said, <laughs> and he, they make these jokes up. They said, what do you call a corn that's been to university? A unicorn. And I said, no, you <laughs> did not make that up. And so I so, said, so, 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 okay, they're, they're one more, one good. more. Seriously, like, and so Cooper, my eight-year-old, he said, he made one up. He said, why do people wee a lot? Because they're called people." <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Get some I wish I'd that
0: myself. What about your wife? Does your wife find you funny?
1: Ah, she finds me annoying. (laughs) (laughs) So when we had kids, one of the things when you change a nappy is you need a wrap, a -A W-R-A-P. So my wife would always say, can you give me a wrap? And I was (laughs) going... (laughs) And I said to her, that is funny every time I do that <laughs> and she didn't think so <laughs> she would just give me the eye roll and find it annoying right okay yeah so she would say but you probably you share a laugh or two yeah because well you know there's an eye roll emoji now it's the most yeah. frequently used emoji by my wife to me now <laughs> used, to the, used to be the love heart now it's the the eye roll yeah so there's
0: fine line between tragedy and comedy. Some people can't watch shows like Mr. Bean, for example, because oh, it's just- Oh, my sister can't watch Mr. Bean. Yeah, that's right. So he's a, sort of a bumbling hero. Yeah. So it, it seems like there's a bit of a theme of bumbling heroes. Oh, um, yeah. Like in uh, shows that you've you know, you shared, like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Jane the Virgin. Um, why do we find them so endearing, do you think?
1: I think this is it. We see ourselves in that character. And so there's empathy, and that's what makes it funny. That's me being the bumbling hero. So it's not tragedy because it's happening to someone else. That is me. And, you know, they say historically humour changed. Around the 1940s and 50s, they were all dad jokes. They were all punchline-dependent jokes. But now it's changed to observational humour, where people just get up and share stories about their everyday lives, and we all laugh. And what do we say? We always say, yep, that is so true. That is me, that is my life. So this is empathetic moment where we resonate with a character, and that's what makes it funny. Mm. Um, so comedian and director Mel Brooks
0: said, if I got a paper cut, that's a tragedy. If you fell down an open manhole and died, that's comedy. So
1: is there comedy and tragedy to be gained in any difficult situation? I think he's saying that because it is funny because we know that's not right. That's not right. But is there comedy and tragedy to be gained in each and every situation? Well, I think there is. There is because in the bumbling heroes of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Jane the Virgin, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, there is something degrading, demeaning in what the the hero is going through and we recognise ourselves in that. And so there's a sense of... Swarted purpose that should not have happened i don't want that to happen that that shouldn't be me but it is me so again it's a very very fine line maybe maybe we say there is a conflation of tragedy and comedy for that to work but often comedy and tragedy i suppose is built on the idea that something's gone wrong
0: mm. there's something
1: wrong in the yep. world do you, do you think that's right yes there's a sense of where we ought to be going but now there's thwarted purpose and I ought to have value, but somehow in my venture I've been forced to be degraded or demeaned and that's the comedy and the tragedy at the same time.
0: Mm -hmm. But can we go too far though? I mean sometimes perhaps that's where maybe dark comedy Mm. pushes the boundaries. For example, dark comedy is a, a comic style which makes light of subject matter that's normally too serious or painful to discuss. So are there things that are too
1: tragic or painful to ever make Well, I think dark comedy, the brilliance is it earns the right to be serious. It's making a point. But by being funny, it's showing I'm light-hearted, I'm not taking myself so seriously, and in that great irony, you've earned the right to be serious, to make something very profound. Because in tragedy, I guess you've only got certain... Choices you can have gallows humour, and that's a bit like the end of Monty Python Life of Brian, where they all hang on the cross, seeing always look at the bright side of life, mm. and that's quite tragic because it's gallows humour. Uh, you know, you're laughing in the face of tragedy, but really tragedy will triumph. So dark comedy does the same. It earns the right to be serious to make a very powerfully hitting, profound comment. So you say comedy is, in some ways, thwarted purpose. Yeah. Um, It's obviously important then to
0: laugh at lots of things. There's Mm. lots of things that do have uh, thwarted purpose. But some would say that the universe itself is kind of purposeless. It doesn't actually have a purpose. So if the world is without purpose
1: or meaning, um, is there laughter there? I think that's very profound in that, again, why do we laugh? Because there's a sense of oughtness, purpose. This should not happen. And so if there is no purpose, if we're just atoms and molecules, if events are just events and we're not trying to survive, then really, maybe there is no such thing as comedy. But Mm. comedy only exists because we sense there should be something else this ought not to be happening right now. So everything would then be tragedy, would it? It would be tragedy. So often when my wife and I go on date night and we're caught in the rain, we could argue like, oh, why didn't you check the weather? I told you to bring an umbrella. But instead we just laugh about it. We say, hey, look at this. This is hilarious. We're in the rain. One day we'll look back at this and laugh. And again, sensing this should not have happened. Mm. This is a tragedy. And Mm. that's what creates the humour. Comedian and director Mel Brooks once said, I have no firm philosophical base. I believe
0: in God with all my heart three days a week. Humour is just another defence against the universe. I don't know any more than anyone else. So can we laugh then in the face of meaninglessness or do you empathise with what Mel Brooks is saying?
1: Well I guess they really are our our two choices. There is no God, we're just atoms and molecules and humour is just a useful crutch that we use but really in the end it's just shallow gallows humor where we're laughing but tragedy will triumph or there is a god where more than atoms and molecules there is thwarted a purpose, but there will be a happy ending. And that's what makes humour, humour. There will be a happy ending and we can get there. Because if you look at Shakespeare's plays, he only either had tragedies or comedies and the only difference was the ending. Mm. Uh, really, the intro, the body were all the same, but if they all... Died at the end, that was a tragedy, but it all hooked up and got married together, <laughs> at the end, that was the comedy. Yeah.
0: Questions just come in from a sure. text line from our live audience. Uh, is laughing a coping mechanism for handling the troubles of life? Mm. Does it
1: work? well it's a both end on the one hand it's it's cause and effect so it's a chicken and an egg so they do say by laughing we actually wake up the sympathetic set of hormones we apparently have two sets of hormones the fight or flight hormones so that's adrenaline uh, and but then we have our comfort hormones vasopressin oxytocin and laughter actually awakes these hormones so we get the comfort side that balances the the, the fight flight side so on the one hand laughter is good for that but it, again if if that's all we have it's just a crutch there must be something else as a source for this laughter mm. now speaking of sources for meaning mm. or for laughter or
0: whatever so if, if we are just atoms and yeah. molecules it kind of makes the universe meaningless does that make laughter better or worse
1: Again, if we're just atoms and molecules, I think we're like the guys hanging on the crossing, always look at the bright side of life mm. when there is no bright side of life, and that's gallows, shallow gallows humor. But to realise, you know, you know what, there is a bright side of life, and maybe I can't see it right now, but one day I will see it. And that's a funny thing: whenever my wife and I say, "Hey," Look at this, we're caught in the rain. What's the line that we use? We say, one day we'll look back at this and laugh. Right now we're not laughing, but one day when we see the bigger picture, we'll laugh. Mm. And maybe when we laugh, we realize there will be a one day in the future. Mm. Well, Sam, the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes
0: in the Bible Mm. talks a lot about the meaninglessness of life uh, or the frustrations of life. And and the book starts with an Ecclesiastes one. It says, meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labours at which they toil under the sun? So how do you think that helps us frame a conversation about comedy or seeing
1: that there is actually nothing to be gained under the sun? Well, if there's nothing to be gained, really... Why are we laughing? So I think it is pushing that question. Uh, If there's nothing to be gained, that seems to be inconsistent with our human behavior where we sense an oughtness, a hope, a direction, a purpose, Mm. and a future destination. Mm. Well, Ecclesiastes goes on, and in chapter 3, it says, There is a time for everything
0: and a season for every activity under the heavens. Mm. So what do you think this means?
1: Well, it's all about getting the rhythms of life right. So I don't know if you're going to read on, but it says there's a time to laugh, but there's also a time to cry. Well,
0: he does. He says in in verse four, he says, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a
1: time to dance. Yes, that's right. So it's all about getting the, the rhythms of life right. I remember when I was very young, I was about 18 or 19, one of my friends from school died in a plane accident and... Being very young and new to grief, I didn't know what to do. So I turned up at the funeral making jokes, thinking this is what people wanted. They wanted it to be lightened up. And my dad actually had to pull me in. So I said, no, that is the inappropriate behaviour for right now. That was a time to cry. And laughing was the inappropriate behaviour. So I was out of sync. I wasn't in the right rhythm of life. And there is a time to cry. Just like we can talk about comedy, comedy. But we actually have to learn to cry and mourn as well. Elaine de Baton says, right now with." Holly- Hollywood, we only have happy endings. We've missed out on tragedy. So we don't understand thwarted purpose in that sense. Mm. And whereas all of civilization has always grown up with tragedy. Like you think of Shakespeare's plays and Russian novels like Chekhov. I love Hollywood. Hollywood is always, okay, here's a guy. His life is a wreck right now. How is Hollywood going to get a happy ending out of this? Oh, look, Hollywood did. I did not see that coming. But the Russian novels, he's a guy who's really, really happily married, in a job, wealthy, and I'm thinking, how are they going to get a tragic ending out of this? Oh, look, they did it. Chekhov did it. Somehow the Russians will always find tragedy because there's a time and place for tragedy. Mm. But as the Bible also says, there's a time and place for laughing and dancing. It's all about getting the rhythms of life right. (laughs) So do you think this view of comedy then makes more sense of the world? I think so. Comedy recognises there are rhythms in life and sensing that rhythm Being in resonance with that rhythm and empathising with it is what the Bible call wisdom and what the secular philosophers call aptness. And I guess that's why I struggle with Australia's Funniest Home Videos, a kid falling over into their birthday cake. I thought that's not a time to laugh. That's a time to mourn and grieve. Mm. I thought it wasn't very wise laughing at a child experiencing mm. tragedy. Whereas if I fall over into my birthday cake, that is a time <laughs> to laugh. And if you're not laughing, then something's wrong with you. Like you're you're well, uh, you're not in the moment. Unless I was really looking forward to the cake. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I just ruined the cake for yeah, you. Right, yeah. So then how do we discern the time then? It's all about being in rhythm with ourselves, in rhythm with our friends, in rhythm with the universe. Resonance is very important. And ultimately the Bible says true wisdom is being in the fear of God, not in a negative sense, but in an appropriate, positive, awe-inspiring relationship with the God of this universe. And if he programs the rhythms into life, then I too, by knowing him, would be in the correct rhythms of life. And I would know when to laugh and when to cry. Mm. Uh, Other
0: questions come in from our text line from our live audience. It says, "Uh, why wasn't Jesus funny?
1: Why wasn't Jesus funny? I think Jesus was very, very funny. We've just misread him. Like in our English translations, if we just read it very seriously. Kenneth Bailey, who writes good books on the parable, says, you know when Jesus said there was a Levite, there was a priest, and there was a Samaritan? That was funny because if I said to you there was an Englishman, there was an Irishman, and then there was a New Zealander, you'd be like, what? It's meant to be an Australian. Well, that's what Jesus did when he set up that mm. joke. There was a Levite, there was a priest. It should have been an Israelite but it became... A Samaritan. Yeah. So I think he was always telling jokes. Yeah. And do you think... He, did he
0: ever talk about the appropriateness and timeliness of humour?
1: Oh, one of my favourite verses is where he says to the religious leaders... Because they were the serious ones who never knew how to laugh properly. He said, listen, when John the Baptist came, being all serious and mourning and fasting... He said, what's wrong with this guy? He's got a demon. But when I, the son of man, Jesus, come singing and dancing you say he's a glutton and drunkard so you can't get the rhythms right when john the baptist came mourning you should have been grieving over your human state but now when the son of man comes partying singing dancing eating and drinking you don't you don't party with him you should be laughing singing and dancing with him
0: Mm, so there's a connection there with the rhythms of life and jesus he comes well bringing joy. Yes, that's and right. being a glutton and so, so
1: John the Baptist, he was a straight man, Jesus was a funny man. Right, yeah. John the Baptist, he was a serious sidekick, whereas Jesus was the wacky main hero. <laughs> right. He's flipped it but around. He, but he, you wouldn't say that he's a joker though, would you? Joking, you know, I lived for five years in America and they say the difference with Australians and Americans is Australians have to make jokes to earn the right to be serious at a meeting, whereas Americans have to be serious first to earn the right to be funny. So a jokester is someone going, you haven't earned the right to be funny yet. You're just pranking around. Mm. So I don't think Jesus was like that. But someone pointed out to me, he was a prankster. So there's a post-resurrection story of Jesus in Luke 24. Jesus has died. He's been dead for three days. All his followers think he's still dead. He rises from the dead. He's alive. Not many people know he's alive. And two of his followers are walking on the road to Emmaus, all miserable because Jesus is dead. They think he's still dead. Jesus comes up behind them and basically pranks them because the, Jesus says, what are you two talking about? Oh, They say to him, have you not heard what just happened in Jerusalem? And Jesus says, no, what things? And he's basically pranking them. So he's quite a jokester. So, another question's come in. How does Jesus help me get the rhythms right? The Bible talks about at least three sorts of knowledge there's a knowledge of right and wrong, there's a knowledge of true and false, but in then the Bible says there's also the knowledge of what is wise and what is unwise. So it's beyond true and false, right and wrong. It's wisdom. And apparently it's what your prefrontal lobe gets gets you. So apparently males do not get a prefrontal lobe that gives them wisdom until the age of 25. So <laughs> any male under 25 will know what's right and wrong, what's true and false, but they don't know what's wise. And that's why car accidents are so high in males below the age of 25. They have no wisdom. Mm-hmm. They're not in rhythm with the universe. They don't know what is the to do. And the Bible sets up the conundrum in the book of Proverbs. Do you answer a fool according to their folly or you don't answer a fool according to their folly? What's the right thing to do? Well, it's more a question, what's the wise thing to do? And there is no right or wrong answer. And the Bible says somehow by knowing Jesus, he is wisdom from God. Somehow just by knowing Jesus, because he knows you better than you know yourself, he will guide you through his principles and through his spirit. He'll guide you to the wise thing, the apt thing to do. So do you think Jesus' life was a tragedy or a comedy? If he didn't rise from the dead, it would have been a tragedy. And if his death achieved nothing, it would have been a tragedy. But because he did rise from the dead, it's like he gets a last laugh. But it was also purposeful. He died to save us from our sins. Otherwise, it would have been a meaningless, empty gesture, unnecessary gesture. But because it was purposeful, uh, we can look back on the events and we can laugh. So then how do you think that Jesus' life helps us find meaning in the world? Because we know there's a God who loves us, who made us, He died for us, He lives for us and we can live for Him. And that's our purpose, to know Jesus And each day is a day where I can become more like Jesus. And each day is a day where I can bring a little bit Jesus on this planet, his love, his mercy, and his justice. So Mm -hmm. there is purpose, there is direction, and there's hope. Mm -hmm. So, Sam, do you think your life has been a tragedy or a comedy? I have got to be really, really honest. Without Jesus, my life would be a tragedy. I've had two or three jobs which I thought went nowhere. I've got a series of failed exams had one or two relationships that ended badly and i think by themselves do you think my life is a tragedy Mm -hmm. and i had to see a counselor to get myself sorted out but because there is a jesus i know there's a story bigger than just my own story there's someone else besides just me to live for Mm -hmm. and even though i can't recognize it right now There's wisdom and purpose in everything that Jesus lets happen. He's got a plan. even though I can't see it, and it means one day I can look back on this life and have a good laugh about it. Yeah. So in
0: some ways your life would have been tragic if there wasn't thwarted purpose.
1: Totally, totally. It would have only been thwarted purpose. Hmm. So Sam, should I laugh or should I cry? Well, there is a time to cry, but there's also definitely a time to laugh. Well, let me leave you with the Bible's answer to the
0: big question: Should I laugh or should I cry? From Ecclesiastes three, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to weep and a time to laugh. I look forward to you joining us next time for bigger questions. Please thank our guest today, Dr. Sam Chan.
1: Thanks you all.
0: Enjoy bigger questions. You can help us keep asking them for as little as $1 a podcast. Support the show. Go to patreon.com biggerquestions.